This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, the program is Soul to Soul, and a very warm welcome to all of our radio family on this Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas, Kisovoi, Tov, Shin, Pei, Aleph, the penultimate Shabbos of this year as we look straight into the eyes of Rosh Hashanah, Yemadina, Bolenu, and just 10 days time. This is our, in fact, our second to last broadcast before the end of this, of this Jewish year. And I hope we're all busy preparing, we're all busy thinking about what, what needs to be done to, to get ourselves ready for, for, for Yom, for Yom Adin. And, and getting ourselves ready is, is a big job because it's, it's thinking about, you know, what have I done this year? And in what ways could I make myself even better? In what ways can I upgrade my behavior? It's not about bashing oneself. It's not about kind of giving oneself real muster and, and telling yourself what a bad person you are because we're not. Hey, we're doing lots of mitzvahs. There are lots of areas where we've really, really worked hard and we've had challenges, huge challenges, and we've stood up to those challenges. We face them head on. We haven't allowed them to, to vanquish us. And, and we've done. And there's been so many difficult situations this year, particularly, I think perhaps in South Africa, this, this past year was what's even uh, more difficult than the one before. Well, I think for maybe other countries of the world, maybe, uh, Pei was even more difficult. Tavshin Pei Aleph has been a very, very difficult year for us. And of course, for Israel also, the amount of terrible, terrible tragedies that the community went through in Meron and, and, uh, the, the terrible collapse of that building in, in Miami, Florida and, and the bleachers in, in, in by, by, by the, by the, uh, in, in, uh, Gibatsev. So much, so much has happened, but obviously these are all things are all beyond Hashem and it's not meant to depress us. It's not meant to get us down. It's not meant to in any way think we're useless or, or worthless or that it's not worth it for us to try to improve ourselves somehow. Kaddish Baruch Hu must have a, 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 a vendetta uh, against us. That's the furthest thing from the truth. We are the Rabbani Shlodom's children. We are his beloved ones. We are the one he cares about more than anyone else in, in, in the world. And obviously, because we're children because we're so beloved. HaKadosh Baruch Hu demands more from us. And sometimes when we aren't doing exactly what the Tata wants, so he needs to uh, take some corrective measures to try to get us back on, on, on the path. But really, that what we have to sit down and do, we still have 10 days, you know, before, before you enter. And we have to hop around and, and, and grab the opportunity now and not wait till... Till, till the end. You know, I always, I always say everyone gets aroused at Ne'ilah time. It doesn't make a difference how difficult the fast is, how tired we are. When it comes to Ne'ilah, everyone is on their feet. Everyone is putting all the effort. Why? It's the last moment. It's the last chance. If we don't do it now, you know, the gates are about to close. We've got to get our act together and do something and, and really take the opportunity. Hey, Bodra Boisai, are you aware of the fact that yes, it's true that Ne'il is the last chance because the gates are about to close. Uh, but when did the gates open? The gates have been open since Rosh Chodesh El. We started saying the double Hashem Oyer Yishi Akadosh Baruch Hu B'Kor Acha Shalti Mi Hashem 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 is here. Dear Hashem B'Matz Hashem is around. Hashem is waiting for us to begin a process. And, and people who are careful, people who are, who are, are, are together, don't wait till the last, till the last minute, you know? Uh, the guy that has, has a four o'clock flight and, and calls the Uber for, for three. So yeah, he may get there, he may run screeching in, 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 into the airport on time and, and somehow convince the people at check-in to still let him onto the flight and he'll get on the flight with all of his 16 suitcases, and of course the only seat that's left is 75 
see, and he has to get there and trip over everyone and all schlep all the stuff. He'll get there. But, you know, let's try to be in the first class cabin and, and get there first and, and, and check in first and get to the, get to the head of the queue as we were speaking the other week and, and do our work now. Think about right now. What do I like to do better in? What area in my own personal life, and everyone knows themselves what they want to do. How can I improve? How can I make this year even a little bit better in terms of my own personal life than it was, than it was last year? This is 101.9 Haifa and the program is Soul to Soul. And we'll be back with so much more in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul here, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kedish, Pashas Kisavoy, as we're approaching Rosh Hashanah. And the Torah in this week's Pasha tells us what is the root cause of all the terrible, terrible curses, the litany of threats that Hashem makes against us. Because you did not serve Hashem uh, uh, amid gladness and goodness of heart when everything was was abundant. You know, if we ever needed a clear, incontrovertible proof that a joyful attitude in life is important, we have it in this very pasuk. Furthermore, the Torah is teaching us that performing mitzvahs without joy is of little significance. Not no significance, but little significance. In fact, it leads a person to, unfortunately, stop observing eventually. Proof positive is the fact that the tailor attributes the cause of these 98 curses, right? All these terrible punishments to our lack of joy in mitzvah observance. We translate simcha as joy in contrast to happiness, which is actually a state of being. Joy is a state of the moment. You can be surrounded with unhappiness and gloom and still elevate yourself to a joyful state. Joy is an emotion that is central to the fabric of Jewish life and living. The ethos of Yiddish observance is undermined when we have no joy in fulfilling the mitzvah. The simcha shal mitzvah, the joy we feel when performing a mitzvah defines the quality of our, actually, of our mitzvah, of our mitzvah performance. Haram Nachman Breslava acknowledges Simcha as the key to success, both in our Yiddishkeit and in coming closer to our Baruch Hu. Depression is the poison whose noxious attitude destroys not only the meaning of what the individual does, but also the joy of all the people around him. One was in the presence of a melancholic person becomes affected by his sullen attitude. Rav Nachman posits that the primary bite of the Nachash, of the serpent, also known as the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, is depression. When a person falls into a kind of a morose kind of attitude, nothing seems to perk him up. He has lost his joy de vie, his, his whole joy of, of life. What is the antidote for the serpent's venom, for this crushing, crushing depression? that stops a person from being able to function, from caring, from living. What does a person do when he feels that he has reached the end of his rope? He's lost all hope. Where does he go now? 
Rav Nachman quotes Chazal, who states that we each have a bone in the body called the Luz bone, which is indestructible. One could take a sledgehammer and bang it with all of his strength. <laughs> it might break the hammer, but the loose bone will remain intact. Despite repeated bangs, it's on this bone, the only bone in the body that will not decompose or disintegrate that Hashem will resurrect the dead. The entire body will return to life because of that one teeny bone. And this is such a, a powerful lesson. When we derive from here, says of Nachman, is that regardless of a human being's emotional descent, his plunge into the deepest abyss, there exists an indestructible part of him that can form the basis of his resurrection. His new life. Ram Nachman encourages us to focus on our Luz. Ask Hashem to guide you to find that part of your consciousness that is indestructible. That essence of yourself that no sin, no misfortune can eradicate. Embrace that aspect of yourself. Fasten yourself to it and focus on it to the point that it gives you life. So even when you find yourself in the throes of, of absolute depression and, and desperation, perhaps even, without a vestige of hope, you'll find your way out and back. The key to a life of joy amid a sea of Turmoil is to hone in on the good, the pure, the indestructible, that self-restoring feature that exists within us all, from where we can begin to resurrect our, our lives. Simcha is a shared experience. One achieves true joy when he brings joy to other people. The Peleyaitz writes, it's not sufficient for one to gladden only himself. He also has to reach out to those who are unfortunate, troubled, and depressed to the extent that he is able so that they too should experience joy. The more he can honor and elevate them to give them pleasure, it will be viewed as a great mitzvah on his, on his behalf. Rav Nachman was the designated Shliach Tzibur. He was the chazan. In the Bate Machseshul, in which our Rav Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld davened, shortly before Rosh Hashanah, Rav Nachman took leave of this world. His neshama soul returning to its holy source. Since he had been the regular chazan for years, his passing left a void, which needed to be filled very soon. Rosh Hashanah was coming closer every day, and a replacement chazan had yet to be appointed. At the end of the shiva, so one of the shul members offered his services as Chazan, he went so far as to remind of Yosef Chaim, who of course had the deciding say that Rav Nachum's son could not succeed his late father during the year of mourning, since of course a mourner does not lead the davening on a Shabbos and Yantif. Yosef Chaim listened, but didn't respond. When other Mispalim voiced their query, Rav Yosef Chaim replied, uh, 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 it's still Rosh Hashanah, still a few days Rosh Hashanah. We'll have a chazan in time for davening. Erev Rosh Hashanah arrived 
and a feeling amongst the Spalim was that Rabbi Yosef Chaim himself would probably lead the Dami. Yontav was about to be ushered in. The shul was filled to capacity. Everyone waiting impatiently to see whom Rabbi Yosef Chaim had selected to lead the Dami. Rabbi Yosef Chaim arose from his seat, walked over to Rav Shimon, Rav Nachum's son, and motioned for him to lead the Dami. At first, Rav Shimon said that he was an Ava. Rav Yosef Chaim stopped him and said, Go, go to the Ahmed. And the davening was beautiful. With the sun using Rav Nochum's nigunim and unique style of, of davening with passion and fervor. The baton had been passed. Following the conclusion of the davening, the heads of the congregation approached the Yosef Chaim seeking an explanation for his choice of Shliach Tzibur. After all, Rav Shimon was a novel who is normally not permitted to lead Shabbos and Yantiv Davening. Now, Yosef Chaim explained the following. The reason that Talacha disapproves of an Ovel leading the Shabbos and Yantiv Davening is Kavadat Sibur, the honor of the, of, the, of the congregation. Everyone is aware that Yav Nachum's widow would be attending the Davening and that this would be the first time that the Shliatzi were leading the Davening would not be her husband. Imagine the emotional pain that she would experience when she hears someone else's voice replacing her husband's. We will have caused a widow to suffer great pain. That certainly is not Kavad HaTzibur. By having her son succeed his father, the Nachas pleasure that she would experience, albeit bittersweet, would supersede whatever feelings of sadness she might have. Now, Yosef Chaim was teaching the Kehillah that Simchas Yantiv, the joy one should experience on Yantiv, can only truly be felt when everyone shares in that joy. If one's personal joy is experienced at the expense of another person's joy, or if one person's joy doesn't take into consideration the feelings of others, then this is not true joy. It's not simcha at all. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. I'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, sold to soul, back on your radio, air Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Kisavai. As we prepare for Rosh Hashanah, Habolengu, Letoiva of Year, Tav, Shin, Pei, Beis. This is the penultimate Shabbos of the year. So it's time for us to ready to begin to start discussing a little bit about Rosh Hashanah. So let's talk a little bit about the Shoifer. We're all going to be in shul next week, Tuesday and Wednesday, and here, fulfill the mitzvah of hearing Tzkiah Shoifer. What does it do? What's the concept of, of Shoifer? So we know the Gemara Rosh Hashanah on Dav Chavav tells us that any kind of Shoifer, any kind of animal horn is allowed to be used for the mitzvah blowing the Shoifer, with the exception of the, the, the horn of a cow or a bull. Because that's not called a shoifer, that's called a keren, a horn. And the Gemara, it brings that Ula says, what's the reason of the Rabbonah? Why don't we use it? As Rav Chista says, because Rav Chista says, why don't we, why doesn't the king Gadol, when he goes into the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur, why doesn't he wear the four clothing that he usually wears, which contain gold? Because there's a concept of ein kategor nase sanegor, that we're trying to achieve God's mercy, God's compassion, God's forgiveness. We don't want to bring into Kodesh HaKadoshim something that could, on the contrary, remind God of sin. 
gold was what we used, unfortunately, to make the sin of the golden calf. So literally, the katego, the defense attorney, we don't want it, the defense attorney to change sides on the table and become the, the, the prosecutor. Right? The gold of the Egel Azov and the Shoifer of, same thing, of, of a cow, which is also, the cow is what was made into the Egel, was, was the Egel Azov. Therefore, we don't want to use that. That's going to remind Hashem of sins. In other words, the Kohen Godel is not allowed to go into the Kodesh Kedoshim on Yom Kippur with his golden clothing because it's not fitting to, to, to remind Hashem of the sins of Klai Yisrael through the, the golds that would remind Hashem of the sin of the golden calf. And for the same reason, Achachomim invalidated a shoifer that comes from a cow or bull for, for blowing of the shoifer on Rosh Hashanah because again, same reason, that's going to remind Hashem of the golden calf, right? Who's the, the child of the, of the cow. And we don't want to do that on, on Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara carries on and says, what about the fact that, yes, it's true, the Kohen Gadol doesn't wear his clothing into the Kodesh HaKadoshim with golden clothing, but there's a great amount of the service on Yom Kippur that is done with the Kohen Gadol's gold, gold clothing. Aye, isn't that a problem? And the Gemara answers, no. That it's only a problem in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Right? Only there, when Ash, when he's doing the, the service of Yom Kippur, in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, there we have this rule of we don't want the defense attorney becoming the, 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 the prosecution, but not in any of the other services that he's doing outside the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Ask the Gemara, so I understand, a shoifer? You're not blowing shoifer in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. We blow shofar anywhere, in any shul, anywhere in the world. Why, well, why then, therefore, that should be like outside, and therefore, in the same way as the Kohen Gadol can wear his gold clothing outside the Kodesh HaKadoshim, we should be able to blow a shofar, even of a, of a, of a cow, anywhere. And the one answer is no. Since the whole purpose of the shofar is to evoke whatever that means, certain memories of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so it's as if we're standing as close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as if we're standing inside the Kodesh HaKadosh And Rashi brings there, what does it mean since it's coming to evoke uh, uh, memories? So the, when, 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 the, uh, when the Kohen Gadol, uh, it, it's, like, it's as if the Kohen Gadol is wearing his, his golden clothing inside, and, and that's why we can't do it. And, and the ritual brings also even more that the shaifer given that uh, since its its whole purpose is to evoke HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, uh, memory and to bring our tefillahs before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's as if we're bringing the tefillahs into the inner sanctum right before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is considered as if as if it's we're inside the Kodesh HaKadosh. Now, the Gemara elsewhere, the Gemara in, in Daftezayim, in Rosh Hashanah, says there, uh, in Mulafana Hashem says, say before me, on Rosh Hashanah, Malchias, the section of, of, uh, the davening, which is by kingship, the Zechronas, and, and remembrances, the Shoifers, and the Shoifer. And says, Malchias, why do we say the kingship? That you should make me a king over you. Zechronis, the remembrance section. That your memories should come up for me in a positive way. And how do you do it? With, with, with the shoifer. So we see that based on what the Gemara is saying, the first Gemara we brought, that the shoifer, since its whole purpose is to evoke Hashem's memory. So then it's as if we're standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And that's what, that co- correlates with what the Gemara says on Dav Tezayin, that we have to say Malchus with the Shoifer. Because since the Shoifer is coming to raise those, those memories, it's as if we're standing before Hashem. And that's the Lifnai 
right? Say in front of me, we're right there in front of our Kodesh Baruch And that's why we say in our tefillah, Umazin Teruah, Hashem hears our Teruah. Now we know that there's a word of Shemia and Hazana. Shemia is hearing from a distance. Hazana is hearing from right, right close. As, as the, as the commentaries on the Shukhnach actually, actually, uh, uh, say. Now, Mapinchas Koritz writes in his Sefer, Imre Pinchas, that it's known in sort of royal protocols that if it happens that a king happens to see someone who's been sentenced to death or even someone who is in, in jail, so the custom is that he then automatically uh, issues an order to emancipate that person from jail. As soon as they come into his sight, uh, he has that obligation or it's, it's a courtesy to do it. And if the king doesn't want to, to uh, exonerate them and, part, and pardon them, then he has to kind of hide himself from them so that he doesn't see it. If this is so, then on Rosh Hashanah, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is called the Melech, so therefore, we daven in the Psukim that we say before Tzikir Shafer, Hashem Ba'or let us walk in the light of your countenance. Right? We want to be seen by you, because if we're seen, then we can be let off. And therefore, on Rosh Hashanah, there are many different ways in, in, in the tzvillas. Some of the tzvillas we sing are, we sing songs and praises to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, <coughs> like we say, Tohu Elokeinu, Shem, you are a God. Some of them are supplications. Some of them are there to arouse, even, even crying, because they're organized in such a way in, in our master. And even what we read in, in the Torah, is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sometimes might want to hide himself from us. As David Melech says, in Tehillim, Bakesel Yom Chagenu. Rosh Hashanah is the day, the only day, the only Yontav of the year, where there's no moon. It's on Rosh Chodesh. So the moon is, is hidden. And therefore we ask, and, uh, and, and we, you know, make every effort. How are we going to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And in what way? Is he trying to hide himself until we can somehow uh, 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 find him and 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 and, uh, and get him? And every single person can be seen be in front of our Kaddish Baruch Hu. One, some, some, you know, it might be because of our our tears. It might be because of our our tefillahs. It might be because of our praises. Our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Everyone has some way that he's going to be able to get in front of our Kaddish Baruch And therefore, uh, uh, that's why the, the tefillah is so varied. There's some praises of Hashem, there's some supplications, and somehow, over our Pnei Melech Chaim, somehow we'll get to the attention of our Kaddish Baruch and, and get seen by, by the Rabban Shalom as they, as, uh, as is. Now, it comes out, that one of the laws of sort of the normal practices of a king is that when someone sees the king, so straight away he merits to, to be looked at favorably by the king, even if he's not deserving of it. So therefore, our purpose on Rosh Hashanah, our job is to be seen in front of the Melech, in front of the king, and through that, we will merit the chain, the, the grace of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and will be written for life. And that is the purpose of the shayfar, kilifnim dami, to stand us, so to speak, as if we're standing before, before the king. However, it's, it's written in this form of the Rishonim, the reason why we blow the shayfar is because it's a sign of, of freedom in the same way as on, your, on uh, Yom Kippur of Yovel, we blow the shofar to signal that all the slaves 
have gone, have gone free. So there's a concept of Roshana also, of, of freedom. As the, uh, says in the, the Akedah, that the whole concept of Tkiyah Shafer is, is a, a call for freedom for, for Klaiso. Because we are completely, completely above the natural, the natural order. And the Ababanel also, uh, uh, writes that. That there are seven reasons he brings for why we blow Shafer. And the first one is, is this concept of, of freedom and, and, and being chavshi, being, being free. As we find, by, by, as you said, by the, by the Shafer of, uh, of, of, of Yoivo. Now, with this, we can try to understand a little bit the difference between the Tkiah Shafer of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Because the, the, the Rosh Hash brings down in his Joshas that even though that Yom Kippur only atones for, for sins that we have committed between ourselves and our Kaddish Baruch Hu, and for any interpersonal kind of awareness, Yom Kippur alone does not atone until we go and actually make up and appease the person who we've, who we've hurt. But when a person does tshuva at the time of Tkiyas Shafer, he's forgiven for everything, even the awareness that one's done interpersonally. And if that's so, we can then understand very well the difference between the Tkiah Shafer of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Because Yom Kippur is a day of kapora through doing tshuva. But as far as interpersonal relationships go, in order that we should get tshuva for, for that, in order to, that it should be a complete tshuva, we need to sort out the issue with the other person. And so long as you haven't appeased the other person, Yom Kippur can do nothing for you in those areas. However, by Tkiyah Shafer, we merit Kapara through the fact that we are standing in front of the king. The very fact that the king sees us, frees us, and redeems all of our prisoners. And therefore, we can be zakat to complete forgiveness for all our Averis, even on the part of interpersonal uh, Averis, by standing in Shul, we're in the Kodesh, Kodesh HaKadoshim. Furthermore, there's another difference between the Tkiyah Shafer on Yom Kippur and, and Rosh Hashanah, and that's based on what the, the Taz says, that he brings the, the tour, that the word shayfar, shin, vav, peresh, the, is an acronym for ein satan the ein pega ra. There's no accuser, nothing terrible can happen. And the Ta says, one second. <laughs> On the contrary, the, the Rosh Hashanah says exactly the opposite. There's no, there's no aleph in the words, uh, in the word shayfar. So it's on the contrary, it's Satan Upegara. On the contrary, it sounds terrible. It sounds like there is a Satan. He answers the Taz, no. The Satan himself turns into the defender of Klaiso. And therefore, there's no one to accuse because even the, 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 uh, the, uh, the prosecutor becomes the, the defender. In other words, that again, we see that Kia Shafer can do something amazing that even Yom Kippur can't do. On Yom Kippur, the Satan is not there at all. As the Gemara says, that he, uh, he only works 364 days a year, right? And not 365. He doesn't have the ability to accuse on Yom Kippur. Because Yom Kippur is atonement through, through Tshuva. And therefore the Satan who wants to accuse and to prove that our tshuva isn't even complete or that our tshuva shouldn't help. And therefore we have to shut his mouth on Yom Kippur that he shouldn't be able to accuse us. However, at the time of Tzkiah Shafer, we are literally standing in front of the king, in front of the Bari Olam. And in that moment, 
we get the chen, we get the favor of Hakadosh Baruch Hu without any reason, without deserving it at all. There's no judgment at all, and therefore, even if the Satan is standing there and accuses us, Hakadosh Baruch Hu doesn't even listen to him, and therefore, even if there is a Satan. Ain't Pegara. The Sutton does not have the ability. We're standing in front of our Kurdish and our Kurdish will forgive us on the, on the spot. Bilam says, Lohibit Oben Biyakov. Our Kurdish doesn't see any sins in Yaakov. Lohira Omo Biso. He sees nothing imperfect amongst the Jewish nation. Hashem Elekov Imoi. Hashem is God is with him. Usluas Melech Boy. Right? And Rashi brings what's a true asmelach, what the true of the king is with him. It's, it's a, it's an expression of, of love and, and, and friendship. The Ramban argues, he says, no, he explains that this person is talking about the shaifers. That, that the true is the true of the shaifer that creates the, the relationship. The obvious question then is, how come someone like Bilam, the Russia, found some tremendous, tremendous, tremendous benefits in this mitzvah of shoifer, even more than any of the other mitzvahs that Kleiso have. I understand the way Rashi says, where he says it's talking about that there's a love and a friendship and a closeness between us and Hashem. Good. That, that is what's special about Kleiso. But if we're saying it's talking about like the Ramban, like the shoifer, what is so special about the shaifa? And of course, what we're saying makes perfect sense. Because the, 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 the tremendous advantage of the shaifa is, is that it transports us as if we're standing directly before HaKadosh Baruch and being seen by HaKadosh Baruch. We're standing in front of the king at the time of, of Tkiyah Shaifa. And that's only something that applies to the Jewish nation and not to any of the other nations. The Medrash brings that Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Nachman, explains a pasuk that we know so well. Allah Elokim b'su Hashem ascends through the Trua Hashem because Shoif Hashem through the voice of the Shoif. And the Medrash says, at the time when Hakadosh Baruch Hu is sitting and rises up onto the, the the throne of justice, so he rises up through justice. What's, what does that mean? What's it says? Because that's all Elohim B'Shua. Hashem goes up through the Tzua. And then when the Klai Yisrael take the Shoifer and they blow in front of Hashem, Hashem gets off the chair of justice and sits instead on the throne of mercy. As it says, Hashem becomes Shoifer. That through the voice of the Shoifer, it's no longer Elohim, the concept of judgment, but Hashem, the concept of of, uh, of mercy. And his Shem is full then of, of Rachamim, and instead of looking at us through eyes of judgment, he looks at us through eyes of mercy. And we can understand perhaps that the blowing of the shofar brings Klal Yisrael right in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore through the blowing of the shofar we merit to literally be standing in the throne room, in presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, like with the, the king, we merit his, his grace. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at that time, he sees us. And through seeing us, which is, we said, during a normal situation, when the father sees his son, he's full of love and compassion towards him. So to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with is full of love for us and full of compassion for us. And all of Klal, Klal as the Pesach says, Haben Yakili Ephraim, you're so dear to me, Ephraim, the Jewish nation. In Yelet Shashun, you're my most precious child. Kimi Dei Dabri, but all you have to speak, Zachar straight away. I remember you. Al Kain Homu May I Lord. Therefore I'm full, full, full of emotion and feeling towards him. Rachem Rachmanu. I will certainly have compassion and mercy on him. And therefore, through our blowing of the Shoifer, Akadish Baruch Hu goes off the throne of justice 
and, and wants so much more to sit on the stair, on the chair of Rachamim and give us what we want. Give us a beautiful gebenched yor in all of our issues, for all of our lives, for all of Kleiser. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a minute with much, much more. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, the program is Soul to Soul. We're back on your radio here in Johannesburg. Rabbi Musha Schnurb here at the helm, and we are cruising on Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Parshas Kisavai, just 10 days before the onset of the new year of Tovshin Pei Beis, uh, of the, the Bet Hashem, the Yom Adin, the day of of judgment, the day of a new beginning. And Baruch Shem, as we always do at this time on the show, let's talk about the important details we need to know for this particular uh, 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 week. So we start with this afternoon, Baruch Hashem. We're going to have the opportunity to already get our Shabbos Licht up at 70 minutes to 5. At 4.42, we can already light the, the, Shabbos, the Shabbos Licht. It's, uh, Baruch Hashem, as I always say, it's, it's great to get a jump on it. You know, to be the first, to be the Zoris is always something worthwhile. If we can get the Shabbos started a little bit early, that is absolutely fantastic. It's something we should all, we should all strive for. The latest time for benching Licht today is at 5.35, 25 minutes to, to 6. Make sure that everything is ready. Everything is up. The candles are lit. The Shabbos is in before, before then. That means that Shkia is at 5.53, seven minutes before, before six. And if, of course, therefore, if you want to, uh, ensure that you can daven Mayrev, uh, Bismanai and not have to wait. If you wait till 10 minutes past six, a little bit past, then you're good to go. You can daven Mayrev, say Krishma. You don't need to repeat. Obviously, if you're in shul, you'll daven together with the, with the tzibu, with the community. And we really should be getting back to, to shul. As, as Dr. Myberg was saying this week, it's safe to go back to shul. Obviously, we take precautions. There's still social distancing. There's still, there is still COVID uh, restrictions. There's still mask wearing. But the shul is the place where a yid should be, especially now, as we go into Rosh Hashanah. Where else to be? Yes, we could down at home when we needed to, absolutely, and it was great. But now, in terms of that, this this phase is over, and it's time for all of us to get back to shul, to be part of the tzibur, to see people, to once again rejoin Kaliso and and be part be part of it. Tomorrow morning we read uh, Pasha's Kisavai and there were the, 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 the blessings and, and, and the clawless, the, the threats that HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes and the Aftarah is of course the, the Aftarah of Pasha's Kisavai, the penultimate of the seven Aftarahs of Nechama, of, of comfort. And uh, then, yeah, Shabbos carries on. Uh, Perkeyovis tomorrow afternoon is Perik Gimel and Dalit, so we can finish on time before Rosh Hashanah, Perik Gimel and Dalit. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 6.26, 26 minutes past, past 6 o'clock is the end of, of, uh, of Shabbos. Of course, tom- uh, tomorrow night or early Sunday morning, we start saying Slichas, uh, as Ashkenazim begin saying slichas because we need to have a minimum of four days before Rosh Hashanah and we always start on a Mitzvah Shabbos on Sunday morning. So this year where, where Rosh Hashanah is on Monday night, Tuesday, Wednesday. So we can't start next week. That won't give us four days. So we start a week early. We have the longest possible slichas we can have. Uh, seven days and then Ere Rosh Hashanah. But it's good. Gives us more of a chance to get into the mood, get into the, the vibe of, of, uh, of Rosh Hashanah. So check your shul notice board, whether they're having a midnight slichas service or early in the morning and, and join them. Get into the, the, the vibe of what is, what is, uh, what is happening. We are learning about the laws of Hadlakas Neiros on Shabbos. And of course, 
there are two min, min different customs as to the bracha that we, or the bracha that we make over the lighting of the candles. There's some people who have the minute to make the bracha before they light the candles. As is in fact the halacha by all mitzvahs. Right? To make a bracha before you fulfill the, the mitzvah. And therefore, they make the bracha baruch ato Hashem makenu melech oilam asher kiddishonu b'mitzvahisav v'tzivonu lahadlik neshto Shabbos. They make the bracha over lighting the Shabbos candles. And after that, then they light the candles. And that is in fact what the Shulchan Aruch brings down as the, as the correct way of, uh, of, of doing it. Right. Um, and that is in fact the, the minic of, of uh, some of the, some of the Sfardim that they actually follow that, uh, that, that minic of Avad Yosef brings it down. However, there's some who have the minic to make the bracha only after they've lit the candles. And the reason is, because according to some of the halachic authorities, by the fact that she mentions the word Shabbos in her bracha, so that could already mean that the woman de facto is accepting the Shabbos on her, on herself. And therefore, a woman who would make the bracha before she lights her candles wouldn't actually be able afterwards to light the candles at all. <clears throat> and even though, according to most of their lack authorities, if a woman would make a condition, even a, a mental condition, that she does not want to accept the Shabbos at the time she makes the bracha, she would be able to then make the bracha and afterwards light the candles, the women did not want to get involved in that. They did not want to light the candles after they already had said the bracha and they mentioned the Shabbos. And therefore, the minig has spread throughout most of the communities in the Jewish nation that women first light the candles and then they make, and then they make the bracha over them. Now, and when they make the bracha, then they're actually accepting the, the Shabbos. Now, many of the later poiskim, so they, they, they agreed with this, uh, uh, minute. But the problem is once you've lit the candles, how do you make a bracha on a mitzvah that you've already done? So in order that the bracha should somehow be considered before the mitzvah, women have the minute to cover their eyes at the time of the bracha, and only after the bracha do they open their eyes and then they have benefit and they enjoy the light of, of the candles. And that is, uh, the Ramal brings, that is the, 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 the minig in, in Western Europe, and even uh, some of the Sephardim do that also, because that's in fact the way the Chida uh, paskins also. And uh, the Benishchai also paskins that way, and that was done in many of the Sephardic countries. In, in Morocco, uh, it, it was done. Practically speaking, it's correct that every woman should follow the minig of the family of her mother as she grew up. Uh, 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 seeing at home, that's what she does. When a man is lighting the candles, let's say he's single or he's a widower, so then a man can certainly make the bracha first and then light the candles. Because since the minute amongst men is to accept Shabbos upon themselves after davening mincha in the Kabbalah Shabbos service, by saying Mizmo Shliom Shabbos, a boy v'shalom, therefore they can certainly, by them saying the bracha of the Hadlinger Shabbos, they're not accepting Shabbos, and therefore they should do it as is Normal to do it where you first make the bracha and then, and then light the, uh, the, the candles and then go off to, to, uh, to shul, uh, uh, to, to daven, to daven with the, with the, with the community. That's, that's the correct way of, of, of doing it. We're going to come back with our 
final segment just in in a uh, in a moment. But just before we do, we have to uh, take a we have to go away and perhaps do a little business. And therefore, we're going to say this is one one point nine High FM. The program is soul to soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Kisomai, Tov Shen Peyala, penultimate Shabbos of the year. We are talking about lighting Shabbos candles, and the question of, of, of always comes up, can one fulfill the mitzvah of lighting Shabbos candles with electric light? And the answer is that when there's absolutely no other way, it's possible to fulfill the mitzvah by lighting uh, electric lights. The reason is because the globe is like a candle because there is a, a, a filament that burns. That's like the, the wick and the electricity is the, is the oil. However, there's some place in that you, sh- that say that you should not, uh, uh, uh for, you should not uh, really use such a light because by a candle the the fuel is right next to the weak wick by the electric light it's not but most of the point scheme and the decided majority of the point scheme is that you're able to fulfill one's obligation with an electric light because most of the point scheme hold that electric light is considered like a a fire and and if you if a person turns on a light on Shabbos, Chas Shalom, so he's violating the, the biblical prohibition of lighting of lighting a fire. Now, in addition to to uh, 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 to this, but obviously the, the best thing, of course, is to fulfill the mitzvah with a candle, even one candle, to fulfill the 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 the, the mitzvah. Now, some people have the other custom. That even when they're lighting candles, so uh, it's more recognizable that I'm actually lighting for the purpose of light if there's no other light in the room, and therefore some people therefore turn off the electric light in the room until just before they light, and then they'll turn on the light and straight away light the candles and then and make the bracha. On lighting the candles and that, and that goes for then, for the electric lights, the electric light, uh, also, uh, there's all bigger discussion about fluorescence and, and, uh, LEDs. Many do allow uh, the use of, of LEDs, but if one's in such a predicament, then one should definitely ask a, a question to go into an entire discussion is, is beyond the, the, the scope of, of our time. Certainly, but certainly, as far as the, uh, the aloha is concerned, even if the lights are on and I go and light candles, I can certainly make a bracha because the lighting of candles certainly does add an element of joy, an element of, of light, simcha, to the, to the Shabbos, to the Shabbos, uh, the Shabbos environment. That about is going to end up our show today, and I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to listen to even as much of the show as you possibly can. I hope you learned and gleaned and got a chizuk in, in, in something. And we look forward, Be'ez Hashem, next week, the last Shabbos of Tavshin Pe'alef. Ho- hopefully, with the, with the help, help of Hashem, we'll be able to uh, broadcast another another program, get us all in the mood for Rosh Hashanah. In the meantime, to each and every one of our radio family, a beautiful, warm, and inspiring. Good Shabbos.